0: The father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen please be seated first of all i just have to say from my vantage point up here in the altar watching all those kids even though they were crawling around and and talking to each other i just feel so grateful thank you thank you so much for bringing your kids to church it just really adds such life to here and i also had this feeling in my heart of thanking my own parents for bringing me to church because I don't, I don't think I've realized until later in adulthood how much that really ingrained in me a trust in God that I couldn't have had any other way. So I really was really touched by that moment of all the kids watching the baptism um, and they were paying attention, weren't they, watching John? Um, so that kind of and kind of doesn't maybe at all um, connect to my sermon, but um, if any of you came during the pandemic, during the pandemic, we were a little bit, um kind of overwhelmed with what are we supposed to do like a priest with no people what do, what happens then so we went out to our farm and we had a lot of uh services for a good long time out at our farm in Fluvana county and we were going to have christmas out there in 2020 and we had so many wonderful plans um and you know d- live animals i mean we really kind of went crazy and i also um I was walking down our driveway this week and I saw these lights in the forest, these little twinkly lights in our forest at the end of our driveway and realized they were the twinkly lights we bought for this Christmas in 2020 (laughs) that had been dead for two and a half years and then all of a sudden popped up alive this week. And honestly, I felt like it was a little God shot for me because I really needed those little twinkly lights this week. And I have no idea, they're solar lights. We, we had some solar this week, I guess, after two and a half years, <laughs> uh, finally. Um, but literally and figuratively, I needed Twinkle lights in the forest of my heart this, this week, and God provided that. Maybe you need that too. Maybe that, that darkness is feeling like that. We're coming out of it just a little bit. It corresponds to our church calendar. Today is the last Sunday of Epiphany, which is, of course, a light um the 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 liturgical season of light and we're heading into ash wednesday and lent this week which is kind of the opposite it's a little bit of the somber part a little bit of the dark as the light increases so it's nice to stand here in this place of kind of the dawn between that light and that dark and contemplate what does this mean for us as people of god well when i was a child i was intensely afraid of the dark i don't know about you but intensely to the point where I had to have like, every, you know, lights on and my sister had to sleep with me and I had this very um, wild ima- imagination, which as children do, that if I put my leg down by my twin bed, something under the bed would grab my ankle. Now why I thought this thing would even care about my ankle, I don't know, but I was sure. So I would get up and I would like hold on to the, the windows and, you know, the top of the windows, step on my sister's head, basically, and um, jump into the bathroom because I was so afraid of the dark. Um, turn on all the lights in the house. And I, I, it took me a really long time to get over that. So when my children were young, um, knowing that was part of my history and didn't know if that was in their DNA, we got them this big bottle that was called Monster Spray and monster spray between you and me was just water, just saying. but it had a great label on it that said monster spray and they could spray it anywhere they wanted to in their room before they went to sleep. Well, some nights they didn't spray it at all and some nights they used the whole thing. So I'm not sure how that works where you, just there are just times in your life where you're more afraid than other times and I think some of us have experienced some of that lately. So in the show Frasier, I don't know if you remember that, Kelsey Grammer you know, plays a psychiatrist, and he has um, a call-in radio show, and he's actually doing a show in Spokane, and Roz, his friend, is helping him. She's the producer. She thinks no one's gonna call, so she calls in, with what she thinks is a dumb question. She calls in, and, and he says, you know, what do you call her, what do you need? And she says, well, I'm afraid of the dark. So then he starts getting into it, and he says, what is it about the dark that frightens you? She says, I, I don't know. He says, okay, let's explore. You can tell by the look on her face that she's realizing, oh, I shouldn't have said that, maybe. Um, But he says, often a fear of the darkness is a fear of the unknown. It's a darkness when our imaginations give shape to our deepest anxieties. What image comes to you? She says, nothing, nothing actually. Um, When everything disappears in the dark, there's just nothing, just emptiness. And he says, oh, I see. What about the emptiness frightens you? And she says, it's so lonely. I'm alone. Well, often we use our adult-sized monster spray to deal with this loneliness, this emptiness, this fear of the unknown, of the dark. You know, I have a sober friend who says that she's been afraid that she would drink if three things happened to her first one would be the death of a loved one. The second would be her own illness or getting sick. The third one would be breaking up her marriage. She has named the monsters under her own bed. What do those look like for you? What keeps you up at night? Finances? Feeling loved or unloved or unlovable? Maybe a fear of making a mistake? Fear of failure? Loss of face, illness, or death. It's painful to face what scares us. Very, very few of us can do it unaided. And even those who can do it with help still don't know what to do with the pain that is inside of that darkness. You know, the darkness can come upon us without warning, troubles, or grief. We're all acquainted with these things. We can feel that our friends are tired of hearing our complaints, and so we retreat into that place. We also do things in the dark that we're sure that if people found out, they would not love us anymore, so we keep them in the secret. Maybe it's just things that have gotten out of hand a little bit, maybe the, the cake in the night, a bottle in the backyard, some online gambling, online sex, excessive shopping, a little something to take the edge off something to relieve our jitters just need to get a little control a little control again you know I, I think this is natural to our being we're created to be dependent on something to take away our pain but substances cannot do the job they're mirages of the real thing we are designed to belong to trust and be dependent on Christ Not unworthy things. Robert Capon wrote that there is a dark center to the gospel, the horrendous truth that we are saved by our deaths, not our efforts to lead a good life. To be raised up into the new creation, we don't need to be good or holy or smart or accountable or even faithful. We only need to be dead. Your need to get control again is evidence that you're dead, that you have no control over your pain or your need to relieve it. Dead in your own powerlessness. So your power over your interior life is dead, not just today, but since your birth. You may have had periods where you thought you had control over how you feel. But the heart is the seat of the human will that wants to control. As AA says, are we not the victims of the delusion that we can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if we only manage well? We think it's about managing, not about how we're created. You know, this delusion, a delusion is holding a false belief about external reality that is held despite evidence to the contrary We have evidence to the contrary that we can't control what happens. Today, our Gospel of St. Peter tells us that he has evidence to the contrary for us. Peter wrote to the exiles because they were in need of the word to continue in the faith. There was no New Testament, they needed letters. In his first letter he wrote, because Jesus was raised from the dead, Because Jesus has been raised from the dead I want you to hear that it's not because of the good things you have done or the wonderful way you have lived it's because Jesus was raised from the dead. We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven and a future that starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. All those things that you think that make you unworthy have been wiped off the books already. We are like the Japanese soldiers that were still on the Pacific Islands long after World War II because they didn't believe that there had been a flag of surrender. You know, in his second letter from our reading today, Peter testifies personally that God gives us relief from the pain and our purposelessness of having no control over our lives. The scripture reads, You will do well to be attentive to this as a lamp shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So that this that he is talking to about that we're to be attentive to is the glory of God in Christ confirmed by the disciples in the Transfiguration that Courtney read for us today Peter verifies the truth of Jesus's power the power of his Holy Spirit to be in your hearts as light he says this is just not another fable about a Roman or Greek God I heard God's voice myself telling us Jesus is the glory of God. So glory is one of those words we use a lot in church and we may not talk about much what it means, but it is translated as light. Light, the light emanating from God. The light is the sun, which is God. It's found in the moon, the sun, and the stars and reveals God's power over all. Jesus is described as the lamp that carries the light, a lamp carrying the light of God into dark, painful, unhealthy places we go in order to save ourselves. Jesus is the light in the dark forest of your heart when you need him. Peter tells us that Jesus is the morning star coming to us in the dark before the dawn, shining on the horizon of your life with the hope of dawn. So back to that Frasier episode, when Roz and her fear of the dark, how did that episode end? Well, Frasier shows us that he's an instrument of this. He says, have you always felt this way? And she says, for a while, I didn't. Well, what was different then? I had somebody. I had a guy I really liked, and then we broke up. I don't know how I fell in love again I swore that I wouldn't I knew better I should have known better I'm so sorry he says but listen to me you can't blame yourself for letting someone into your heart love is always a risk but you have to take it the pain you're feeling now will pass in time and you'll find yourself ready to take that risk again take comfort in your friends They want to help you, they love you, and he hugs her. So you can hear the law of the shoulds, I shouldn't have done that. And yet, she's met with the love of grace through him. And my sober friend, all three of her fears happened, but she didn't drink. The love of Christ found her between the dark night and the dawn. Our scripture tells us that men and women are moved by the Holy Spirit of Christ, and she was also. No love is a risk. Jesus asks us to love him, and he loves us. But Jesus has has out-risked you. You can never take a risk as big as he's taken. By giving up his life to the darkness, to rise as the light of glory. He literally went into total darkness for you. He went through hell for you. You know, the law, as voiced by some of the people in your life, including yourself and your own head, tells you that because of your dark places, your dark moods, your deeds done in the dark, you're unforgivable, unlovable. But if you look around in that dark, you'll see the morning star, Jesus will be there with nothing but forgiveness, not condemnation. He is not afraid of your darkness, because he is the light. Christ is described by Peter as the morning star, seen between the dark and the day, in that fleeting moment when the dawn rises. I think there's an echo of this from the movie Hook, if you remember that. It's Tinkerbell talking to Peter, a different Peter, But she says, you know that place between sleep and awake? That place where you still remember dreaming? That's where I'll always love you. That's where I'll be waiting. This is Jesus' very word to you in the Gospel of Peter today. That's where he's waiting. Amen. Amen.